Here we go. It's Tuesday and a great day for talk radio, albeit it's a blustery fall day. And so you want to tie things down in the backyard. Wind could whip them around. Things like, you know, uh, you haven't put away your lawn furniture, maybe. You got an umbrella out there. Trust me, uh, if there's somebody at the end of it, they're going to be flying like Mary Poppins by about six o'clock. And on the balconies as well. You know, that's where we hear things can just fly off in all directions as well. So if you've got stuff out on your balcony, think about, you know, tying it down, bringing it in. Yeah, or, you know, just put a bunch of bricks on top of it. Something like that. All right. That was our public service announcement. That's the way we like to start the show. You know, uh, rendering a public service other than that. Hold on to your puppies. Yeah, that's, whoa, what kind of talk is that? That's just, if you're going out for a dog walk, hold on to your puppies. Okay, I wasn't sure. (laughs) I wasn't sure what you were intimating here, but uh, thanks anyway for sharing. By the way, uh, this Ottawa Senators thing, I found that amusing where Danny Longo was just referencing uh, this videotape that's gone viral because it was done surreptitiously in an Uber ride back in late October down in Phoenix. And one of the Senators players calling it a hiccup. <laughs> really? Wow. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you're going to need uh, some kind of Heimlich maneuver to disgorge whatever it is that's sticking in their craw in that city because, wow. And I'm going to talk about that a little later in the hour. I just don't know that this is something from which they can, you know, make amends and everything would be made whole and move forward. And if you've not seen it, we'll play you some of the highlights from that. But man, oh man, uh, it's a wonderful thing when you've got people being taped without their knowledge. And so uh, they didn't know what they were saying or what they were doing. Hey, look, you know, that could almost be the theme of today's show. When I break it down, I can connect a lot of dots here. People who don't know what they're doing. Now, whether they should be held accountable or not, that's debatable. And we will have debates surrounding that. Case in point, we've got the story, and it was handed down by a judge here in the Superior Court earlier today, where uh, Ronnie Bissessar, the woman who was found not criminally responsible of stabbing a complete stranger back in 2015. It was a familiar story, uh, which obviously gained currency of late because these uh, things were put to uh, a trial, if you will, with only one witness called, and it was a forensic psychologist. And the Crown and the defense both agreed that she should be found not criminally responsible. So who else is there to convince at this point? Psychologist Oren Amate uh, was on earlier today. He acknowledges that most people will perceive this as a miscarriage of justice, but he feels the right decision was made. She was in the middle of a psychotic breakdown, and, and that's basically a disconnect from reality. So compassion is the only uh, feeling that we should have for her and, of course, for her victim and the victim's family. And I know it's really hard for people to wrap their head around that because they want to see justice done, but this was not premeditated. There was nothing she could have done in that moment to deal with something where she really lost her mind yeah and so we uh, also defer to 640 legal analyst joseph newberger who says this type of case is actually quite ordinary there's lots of these cases i mean there are so many cases that the public doesn't hear about where a person who's unwell and acts in a manner that causes a you know a serious injury or death uh, often to a family member so uh, these cases are much more common than you might think well, that, you know, kind of opens up the discussion on another front, too. I was thinking about this earlier today because, well, Andrea Horvath has been trying to make political capital out of the fact that Doug Ford has been shuffling his cabinet only four months into his mandate and that somehow this signals that the ship of state is not in good hands and uh, he don't know what he's doing because he had to remove Jim Wilson, one of his senior cabinet members, 
on Friday, uh, albeit when he came out, the first announcement was that it was to deal with addictions. Now it turns that there are allegations of sexual impropriety. But is it possible the two could be linked? And I don't know. Again, this is conjecture on my part because I don't have any inside poop on this stuff, but uh, it's just in general terms, you might even want to make an argument if, say, somebody is in the throes of addiction, i.e. a disease, and let's just say they get sloppy drunk or high or they're just not in the right frame of mind and they make some overture or inappropriate comment. Is that grounds for dismissal? Or do you say, no, the disease was the root cause of it and a person cannot be held accountable for the disease. Look, if you uh, had, heaven forbid, a union in charge of our elected officials, there's no way this guy walks the plank. He is reinstated. First he gets the treatment, but then he's reinstated. Didn't we learn that from the litany of people in the subway and the amalgamated transit union? Mm-hmm. I remember Kinnear used to make that argument rather vociferously, you know, uh, these people have a disease. Okay, if we're willing to accept that, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, it depends how you want to perceive alcoholism or uh, addiction to drugs, whatever they may be. If we say, and we're willing to accept the root premise that this is a disease, then you are not culpable necessarily of some of the things that may be said or actions that you had taken that people find offensive. Does that logic wash? It has in the past. I'm just saying, yeah, we've seen lots of opportunities or lots of situations and stories, as you already stated. So, yeah. Well, (laughs) this is something that we'll discuss a little later in the program as well. You know, we've got our panel coming by at 520 topics worthy of discussion. The midterms taking place in the states. And this could be some people are projecting (laughs) maybe they're being overly optimistic from, say, the left of center that the beginning of the end of the Trump administration is being heralded today. Today, But we'll have to wait and find out exactly what this all may foretell and uh, just the whole dynamic playing out stateside. And if there's anything of consequence for us here in Canada, Warren Kinsella, who's the uh, longtime political commentator and consultant, is going to join us, the president of Daisy Consulting Group, at the bottom of the hour. And uh, as I said, we'll pick up on this Ottawa senator story. I think it's kind of <laughs> instructive, too. <laughs> Don't assume you're never being taped. You know what I can assume? I can assume that somebody within that organization, if not the individual players themselves, should be suing the ass off of Uber. You think? If Well, if not this particular driver, then certainly. Because, I mean, A, uh, I don't know what it is in Arizona when it comes to taping somebody without their knowledge. Different precincts have different rules. But in this instance, they violated their own privacy policy. I mean, think about the implications. If you cannot be confident that whatever is said or done in an Uber vehicle won't be off the record, then what the hell's the point or purpose of taking a car? <laughs> you know, this could not be uh, less uh, damaging to Uber's reputation insofar as people's confidence that, you know, they're taking a ride in, in a private automobile at and this so point. What they say is is private amongst those people in that vehicle. You I know? think you would want that assurance, wouldn't you? You you would you would think so. Right. Yeah. Well, is there a reasonable expectation of privacy when you're in the backseat of a, a cab? I would say yes to some degree. I mean, not as private as say a bathroom. Right. But you 
I would reasonably expect that my conversations wouldn't be taped and circulated. Well, you've rented the vehicle. You have a contract with them. Like It's like a hotel room. You've rented this sure. area. Right. And you don't want some peeping Tom, you know, who's put a surreptitious... Uh, Camera in your hotel room. <laughs> Correct. Cheese and crackers, that'd be a big story. Well, this is uh, no less a big story insofar as what the players were saying, just scumming out their assistant coach, as a matter of fact. And Matt Duchesne is one of the stalwarts on the team. Uh, they traded away a lot to get this guy out of Colorado. And Chris Weidman is also a veteran. Listen to them talking about their assistant coach, Martin Raymond. Martin Raymond. Marty Raymond. No, I think they won one. They won Only one. coach in NHL history to have the worst power play and worst PK within a back to back. Within a calendar year of each other. It's actually hard to do. It is. Do you do you notice that? Do you notice that when he when he uh, runs the video, like if you actually do pay attention, he doesn't ever teach you anything. He just commentates no. what's happening. He's like, uh, here's so and so skating on the wall with the boxes. Yeah, he doesn't say what to do with it. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. We don't change anything ever. So why do you have a meeting? Like I haven't paid attention in three weeks. <laughs> I haven't paid attention in three weeks. That's Matt Duchesne. This is all in five minutes. It was posted on YouTube and Twitter. It's gone viral. Uh, everybody's talking about it, so why don't we? Just in the sense that when you've got an expectation of privacy, or do you basically when you get into a rented car, Uber, Lyft, a taxi cab, and you think this opens up a lawsuit against Uber? And as a secondary consideration, is there anything they can do to put Humpty Dumpty back together again that is the Ottawa Senators in the nation's capital? Up in Ottawa, they're looking for a hiccup cure right now. Wow. Dr. Heimlich calling Dr. Heimlich. All right, well, you call me and you tell me, and then Warren Kinsella will weigh in. We'll get into some political stuff. As I say, the theme may be people who don't know what the hell they're doing. (laughs) Well, you know, for better, for worse, uh, we'll also discuss the, the idea that the veterans have been shortchanged over eight years. A total of $165 million is owed to them because of a clerical or accounting error. And uh, we're going to drill down on that with the conservative critic when it comes to these kinds of matters dealing with the veterans after 5 o'clock. Right now, just I wanted you to weigh in on this. I mean, how do you feel if you're being taped and you didn't know it? Uh, this is from a dash cam. It was mounted on the rearview mirror. And... The driver, uh, apparently in the video, didn't know who these guys were, and they admitted we're from the Ottawa Senators, which condemned them because they could have actually said, you know, it's just a group of doppelgangers down there in the desert, and we don't know who these these players were. Uh, but they admitted that they were Ottawa Senators players. They're readily identifiable. And now uh, they've got egg on their face. But it's just something that I don't think uh, necessarily should have been allowed to happen. I'm pretty emphatic, actually, about that. You would not ever want to think that uh, in a rented vehicle of this stripe, you're being recorded. So should they go after Uber? And as I said, secondary question, is there any way of making reparation? When you've got one of the principals, uh, Matt Stone, on the team saying, this is nothing but a hiccup, we'll get over it. I mean, there's so much to get over in that that particular city with the franchise. Uh, I don't think this is something you get over. I mean, this means the coach basically is damaged goods. No amount of reparation. They don't. They don't believe in a guy. He's lost the confidence of the room. It's over for him, unless you trade away the players and you're not doing that. And so this coach stick a fork in him. Uh, I say, let's find out what you have to say in a matter. Eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. John, I'm going to start with you in Oakville. Good afternoon. I find it hilarious that uh, they're talking about the power play and the penalty kill being the worst combined. 
in the NHL like they have nothing to do with that. That's the fun. That's what I find the funniest. Like you know, well, they're, they're, they're blaming the coach, I guess, because the coach doesn't have a system, or they're, they're they've tuned him out. But I'm I'm with you on that because in effect, it's like they they're buck passing, right? Exactly. But you know, ultimately, the conversation 100 percent should be private. Whoever. Whoever leaked it should lose their job. Well, it was being done in an Uber vehicle. Now, uh, could you be making the argument that this guy riding the Uber, uh, driving the Uber car, doing it for his own safety, therefore it was permissible to a certain extent? Or do you think it's never permissible? Recording it is permissible, but releasing it is not. All right, and so is that on Uber, though? Do you think Uber ought to be uh, held to account for this? Absolutely. All right, well, then the players should go after Uber. Thank you, Johnny. Here's Bob in Mississauga. Bobby, what do you got for the Oakley Show? Well, number one, I'm an Uber driver. Number two, I have uh, recorded conversations in my car while driving. And number three, I'm a Senators fan, so I'm kind of crying in my beer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for reasons apart from Uber. Go ahead. Yeah, Uber doesn't make me cry too often. Um, But the recording of the conversations I did for my own uh, safety... Mm -hmm because I was concerned that some people had been accused of sexual assault while driving, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to make sure I had a record. Um, I never shared any of those conversations. I saved them on a hard drive. Um, And unless something happened, I would never do so. As for this guy who recorded it and then released it, he should be barred from all um, rides sharing services, period. Well, what about Uber itself? Are they culpable in any way, shape, or form? They're culpable in that they vetted and uh, allowed him to drive. All right. Well, that has that has broader implications then. If it's a case of Uber has to maintain uh, the integrity of their personnel, then it goes right up the food chain. They could be held accountable. Well, one of the big things, I mean, there's a big screening process at the beginning when you want to become a driver, and one of them is the privacy policy, that uh, you don't talk about uh, what happened in your car, you don't talk about the people in your car, at least you can't identify them. And you only ever get a first name on the rider anyway. All right. Well, at least they have something in place in anticipation that there could be shenanigans, right? With this particular shenanigan, I imagine they could uh, not only um, uh, lift his license, but they could potentially sue him for violating their privacy contract. All right. Uh, That's where I was going with this. Ultimately, I wanted to know who would be held responsible, where the buck is going to stop in this play. Appreciate it if Ottawa decides the players or the team want to follow through with it, or individual players even. Again, more grist for the mill with our panel just an hour from now. Topics worthy of discussion. Up there in the nation's capital, something else of interest. Uh, the government of Canada introduced legislation today to reduce poverty in Canada. And they've got this neat little thing that they also do when uh, it comes to you know, climate change and emissions reductions and everything. They're calling it Opportunity for All, Canada's first poverty reduction strategy. And they seek to reduce by 20%. Poverty by 2020. Get it? 20% reduction by 2020. A 50% reduction in poverty by 2030, relative to 2015 levels. Good luck on that. Uh, ain't going to happen. Uh, that's just, you know, all this 
what are these stretch goals? You know, that's basically where they're going with this. And uh, apart from creating an economic climate that really lifts all boats, I don't see this happening unless you think you can lift people out of poverty by spending a lot of money. And uh, that whole wealth redistribution argument, I'm sure, will be visited with our panel. Tom Parkin, who's decidedly left, Michael Diamond, who's decidedly right, and Alyssa Freeman is sort of middle of the bird. Uh, That's all coming up in an hour from now. In a moment, we'll get to Warren Kinsella. He's a political consultant. He'll speak to the midterms and uh, whether or not there's anything of consequence that would shake out there in the event of, well, it going either way. That's up next here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.